0: Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones too. I'm Chris.
1: I'm Annie and today we're taking a local look at movies. Today we're talking about Monrovia, Indiana and Columbus, two movies in the last two years both set in Indiana towns. Oh my gosh. After the 2016 election there was a lot of public conjecture about what Trump country actually was. What were these Midwestern areas that went for Trump? These two movies are meditations on Midwestern small town life, not political, but just letting the viewer in to see what the lives are like of the people there, their struggles, their everything.
0: So we saw Monrovia, Indiana at IU Cinema on Annie's birthday. Yeah. And I think we were both so stoked for it. Oh. And I... Absolutely loved the first ninety minutes.
1: The if if the movie was ninety minutes long, it would it have would been be incredible. Beautiful.
0: I I was so moved by it. I was so into it, and then it just keeps going, and keeps going, <laughs> and keeps going. It's almost a two and a half hour film.
1: Yeah, it's almost two and a half hours of. Footage. And it's okay. So if you're unfamiliar with it, it's f- documentarian Frederick Wiseman's new work, and it's just different glimpses at life in Monrovia, Indiana. But that's really all it is. You can kind of piece together a vague narrative about a town and a people that are unwilling to change. And the question is, are they going to change or are they going to die? Kind of. And there's a little bit of that question at the core of it, but mostly it's just random footage with no thread, like connecting them all together. It's
0: so like formally and stylistically stripped down to like the bare bones of what you can call Mm -hmm. a documentary. I mean, there are no, it's not a talking heads documentary. There's no voiceover. It's really just footage of things happening. And for a while I found that really quiet and endearing and effective, but it sort of functions in in these chunks where there will be, like, a scene with some, you know, it's a school board meeting or, like, people leaving class or people on a farm. And then in between there are some shots of corn. Yeah. Always shots of corn. There,
1: it seems like the same shot over and over and again, And it too. just
0: goes in and out of that. And after a while it started to get so grating and repetitive that I really I completely jumped ship the woman next to me across the aisle was snoring so loudly and I was kind of envious of her
1: (laughs) the I remember watching it and at one point thinking to myself is this a prank did I get pranked is Frederick Wiseman a little shenanigan lover and decided to prank the entire film community but no it wasn't. The longer a film is, or the longer any story is, the more it needs a cohesive narrative structure to keep it together. And there was no such thing here. Something can be long as long as it deserves to be that long and has legs to stand on. This movie doesn't even try to walk. It's Something can be two and a half hours long when it has the material to be so. But I felt my time was so, I already said this, disrespected. Because this could easily have been edited down to ninety minutes, to four to fifteen minutes, and it's even an extra <clears throat> when in the credits it's directed by Frederick Wiseman, edited by Frederick Wiseman. Yeah, like he I, did that to us. To I me, I think
0: even one of the most like obnoxious and painful parts of this movie—it's always irritating when a movie gives you like a perfect visual representation of like how you're feeling about it i don't know if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but there's a scene late in this film where there's a um a pastor and it's a funeral and he is talking for what feels like 20 minutes straight and it is just one unbroken shot of him talking and talking and talking and there are not one but two exit signs behind him like framed in the shot and i was like please let me through one of them i am out
1: the way i thought about it is that it It looked so not artful. It looked like a video your aunt put on Facebook. Yeah. Like, And the thing is, I'm not entirely opposed to the idea of an unbroken shot of a eulogy. Like, if any of our listeners (laughs) like BoJack Horseman, there is an episode in the recent season that the entire episode is like 20 plus minutes of just the main character giving a eulogy. And that is one of the best episodes in that entire show so it's something that can be done correctly but the problem here is like the eulogy wasn't even good i mean that feels mean to say but if i'm related to the woman who died and i'm watching this movie like it says nothing about her and i walked away of like man that lady's not that important you know and i know that's mean but It was just so not and you have the eulogy and then later you have her being put in the ground, which has an extra speech. It's weird. And that's not a Frederick Wiseman thing. That's a this weird pastor guy.
0: But it's a Frederick Wiseman thing for leaving it (laughs) in the film. And the other thing of things left in the film that maybe shouldn't have been is Frederick Wiseman very firmly insists that this is an apolitical work, that there is no stance, Mm -hmm. but and I appreciate that, like, observational style. But there are so many times, especially later in this movie, after the first 90 minutes, which I think is why those worked better for me, mm-hmm. where there are, like, blatant, like, people wearing shirts that are that have misogynistic messages or really reductive statements about, like, fatherhood and how to treat your daughters or guns. And it just felt... Irresponsible. Uh, don't
1: f- don't trust anything that bleeds for a week and doesn't die. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It just feels irresponsible to frame that as like it's just there and not really comment on it.
1: Yeah, it's. There are a lot of interesting stories within this. Like one of my thoughts that I took away from it is like, wow, he just didn't edit the footage that was his scouting mission of trying to find a documentary topic. Because there are some really interesting things in here. How religion and gender intersect when it comes to marriage, when it comes to these small towns that really are kind of unstuck from time, you know. And it's 2018 technically, but it's definitely not there or the whole change or die, or maybe even effects on the environment. There's a lot of interesting parts that are kind of like the American's relationship to food and our food from both an agricultural and the preparation and the consuming part of it. There's some really interesting stuff here. He just doesn't bother to follow through on any of it.
0: Yeah, and I I love films where there's no sort of meaning that's forced down your throat and you're just allowed to ascribe significance to things, but I wish that he had been more purposeful about what we were shown and how long we were shown it for, because this really feels like when I go to my editors with a 4,000 word draft of a story they told me needed to be a thousand words and I'm like, all right, what do we cut? But he just did that and he said, I'm Frederick Wiseman and I directed this. So here, that's my final film.
1: At one point, there's just like an extended sequence at like a water treatment plant. Yeah. with just sludge and it's gross and it's like five minutes and there's nothing it never gets mentioned anywhere else in the movie it never comes back it's just there and then when it's done you're just like all right I guess that happened like I said earlier there's so much that could have been edited out to make this stronger and to have this be a film that more people in the contemporary audience could see and appreciate for what it is but I by his insistence on stretching it out as long as possible, he's made it something that is actively going against people's opinion of him, actively going against people's opinion of a documentary that isn't, you know, the typical true crime fare of, he killed his wife, but did he? Like, there it really are some very strong merits in this film, but they're outweighed by how just difficult it is to watch like
0: you, you said it really are
1: it really are i don't <laughs> care listen i'm not good at grammar but this could have been so good i was so ready for this to yeah be good. i
0: i wanted to love this so badly and for so much of it i did if we're talking about midwest movies that we do completely wholeheartedly adore i love columbus
1: columbus is i just finished watching it like Under an hour ago. Oh, my God. Okay, so.
0: Essentially, this film is about a girl who is a year or two out of high school, and she lives in Columbus with her recovering drug addict mother, and she meets this man who is in Columbus because his father has fallen ill and is in the hospital sort of awaiting his death, Mm -hmm. to be blunt about it.
1: The man's father is a kind of famous architect, and the girl is a big architecture nerd. And when I, I'm not from Indiana, so I didn't know that Columbus, Indiana is filled with all of these pieces of architecture. Like, this movie was my first time seeing anything of Columbus. And that's another interesting part. The movie just presents—the movie does everything that I wished Monrovia had done by presenting interesting ideas and questions about home and family and where do we go from there and the purpose of architecture both as art and as practical like there's so much here to unpack and it's so well done too it just not it blows me away.
0: It feels so private and peaceful and quiet that like when it ends you feel like you've witnessed a part of someone else's life and you like had this privilege to sit in on it and you can't say anything about it you can just sit with it and let it like simmer with you
1: but this really is a movie that even though we are being exposed to this one girl's life and her everything this really is something that invites the viewer to think about their own origins and how they've done in terms of forming an independent identity. There's one part that's like, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it's like, you grow up around something and it becomes nothing.
0: Yeah. Like, I think it it just captures such universal and simple feelings. I yeah. mean, it's about feeling trapped in and by your own life.
1: That's another thing. One of my favorite things about this movie in terms of like being trapped. So the architecture in Columbus is known for its modernist style. So it's like, Harsh lines and a lot of glass. And throughout the movie, you see these characters. You see the girl who's, I don't know the actress. Haley
0: Lou Richardson. She is she
1: fantastic is in this. so
0: wonderful and in this movie. And
1: the man who's played by John Cho. And he's so good. But you see these characters, and in almost every single shot, they're... They're trapped somehow by all of these lines that are converging upon them or doorways that are closing in on them. Like the visual communication of that feeling of being trapped is so well done in this.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I think typically I find films that are so small and quiet like this to be... A little frustrating because they're not really cinematic. And mm-hmm. then it feels like, why did we make a film about this? But this movie is so beautiful. Every single shot is so perfectly composed. <laughs> like the whole the whole movie is gonna end up on the one perfect oh, shot oh, yeah, Twitter yeah, of someday. Course. It was just on there the other oh, day. Oh god. But every shot is so perfectly framed, but it it also, like Annie was saying, there's such a clear message and idea communicated by that that it's not just like plain boring aestheticizing it's not just look we can frame this to be symmetrically because we can frame this symmetrically because we can
1: and it's not something coming from an intellectual space that is kind of a barrier to the viewer it's in like I said with the kind of thematic questions like the visual language really is inviting the viewer in to get that feeling of being trapped and of loving where you're from but wanting to go but not i went a thousand miles away from home for college
0: i did not <laughs> i grew up in bloomington and i am still here
1: <laughs> so it really is something that like i know i can relate to definitely um and i'm sure a lot of people can relate to and it's just oh. So Beautiful. I I cried.
0: Oh, I I, <laughs> I cried and my sister laughed at me for crying when I made my family watch this. Ugh,
1: boo. It is... Uh, you know what? Emotions are valid and you're valid, Christopher. Anyway, <laughs> even though the movie is man meets young girl and they expand each other's worldviews, like, it's not like that. You know?
0: No, I think everything in this movie is simple but also... Like, to just call it simple belies how, like, beautifully nuanced it is. Yeah. Once you once you really start to think about it and delve in, like, it invites you to...
1: Hey, like, modernism?
0: Yes. <laughs> Meth and modernism. God. Um, once you really start to think about it, there's so mm-hmm. much complexity and everything feels so beautifully well-rounded. And even all of the emotions that it conjures up aren't just sad. Like, I I cry at the end of this movie every time I watch it. But it's never just, like, a dejected, sad cry. It's, like, such a redemptive,
1: beautiful, cathartic cathartic ending. It really is something special, and I really feel like... Well, I had never heard of this movie, and after we saw Monrovia, Chris was like, we need to watch... You need to watch Columbus so we can talk about it. Yeah,
0: well, I only watched this movie, and I think the first time I saw this, I think I underestimated how much I really genuinely adored it because... I have been to Columbus like almost every week of my life since I was like eight years old because mm-hmm. I took skating lessons at the ice rink there. And so like I had such a connection to this place that I just kind of assumed that
1: I'm your John Cho.
0: Yes. <laughs> I just kind of assumed that I was biased in favor of this movie, but I watched it again and it it still just hit me so hard and it's it's so beautiful. I think this is every bit the movie that Monrovia wants to be.
1: Yeah, it's everything that could have been good about Monrovia is actually good in Columbus. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I, I'm not an authority to speak upon the Midwestern identity, but...
0: I think, I feel like Columbus really perfectly and beautifully captures what it feels like to live in like a small town in the Midwest and love where you grew up and mm. love like the people that you know there and love that you grew up there but also recognize like the issues that plague it and that it's yeah confining to be stuck there and that <sighs> you need to get away.
1: When I was home one of my father's friends was like hey when are you gonna like come home. And I was like, I'm here right now. And he meant, "No, you're going to go away. I mean like for good. Like when are you going to come home for good?" And I just didn't answer him because I don't plan to. Like That's so sad. So, I, th- this movie like punched me in the heart.
0: Yeah. But... I feel like I feel like it's one of those movies that touches me so deeply that i can't imagine anyone else watching this and not feeling something but obviously yeah. a great many people have and oh. i think that's such a shame that a more people haven't seen this and that b more people didn't absolutely adore yeah. it. yeah
1: one last thing i just want to talk about something that we've established on double feature is i am a very big fan of like when debut films are incredible and this, I feel like you know more about this guy than I do, Chris.
0: I but. don't know a whole okay. lot about him, but the director's name is Koganada. And he used to, he's a huge lover of film. He used to make video essays yes. um, that he posted on Vimeo about film and especially like aesthetics, mm-hmm. which is why he it's
1: so strong. lends
0: his hand yeah. so well to this movie. But this is his first feature film. And I think God. that that is Incredible.
1: I just really love that like the generation of film lovers that are like the video essay makers are coming into their own as filmmakers. and it's incredible. you know, I'm so excited to see what he does. Next, I'm so excited to see the next video essay maker termed filmmakers project. Like I'm that's a whole area of the future in this medium that I didn't even consider. And I'm hype for people who love and understand and have dedicated so much time to it in such an analytic sense. Now turning their energy instead of looking at something to making to making something to be looked at. You know, I'm so excited. Thank you for (laughs) listening to this episode of Double Feature.
0: On next week's episode, we will celebrate childhood with... Paddington 2, a favorite of mine, and The Last Unicorn, a favorite of Annie's. The
1: Last Unicorn is my favorite thing that's ever happened. Thanks for
0: joining us. I've been Chris.
1: I am Annie.
0: And that's all.